Fukuhana. Can you guys hear me? Hannah. <laughs> Hannah, can you hear me? Kuku Zuina. Ahlan. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you. So today we are talking with someone from Italy. Oh, I always forget to pin the comment. Give me a sec. There you go. I'm done. So I was saying that today we're talking to Dr. Giulia Corradetti. Um from Italy, continuing our series where we have someone from a different country every time to talk about their medical school system and specifically about ophthalmology residency. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always curious to see how people spend their training time and especially the amount of surgery they do and if they they get involved in any type of research during their residency or not. Um, we also discuss their, their favorite resources and training opportunities. We got so many great pearls from the last 10 invitees. Here's one. Dr. Lawrence from Switzerland told us a lot about training opportunities in Europe. For those who are looking um, for um, surgery-focused trainings, I think the most interesting one, to me honestly, was the Winter Academy, which is a one-week program where people go and they have... Um, classes from 8 until 6 as he described it and it's all theory then practice theory then practice also a lot of fun in the evenings as he said so that was great to learn about and the uh, Alcan Academy Alcan Experience Academy in Barcelona I, I heard a lot about that one too before but he also confirmed that it was a nice experience I am good, Quran class official. Alhamdulillah. How are you? You guys, who is fasting? I am dying for coffee here. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Umayma. We also had a very special live with Umayma, who is a yoga instructor on Sunday, where we talked about 
where we actually did a guided meditation with her, which felt really nice. And then we talked about yoga and tips for beginners and uh, the whole concept of um, taking care of the body and the body being the temple that we should take good care of. It was a really different kind of life, but very nice. I had so many great feedbacks about it. So yeah, basically this is episode 11 of this little Instagram Live um, series we're making here where every time we get a resident or a young ophthalmologist from a different country and talk about how their training is. Who is here in ophthalmology? Let me know, let me know in the comments. Also, if you're a med student who is interested in ophthalmology, let me know. Sometimes I get the best um, questions from the med students. I love just how they are so thirsty to know certain things that we, um, at our stage we just think that, you know, they're not that interesting. So I love the suggestions. Hello. Hi, Mahmoud. Oh, optometrist, hello. So happy to see you guys here. Well, it's all the eye business. It would be cool to also talk to optometrists, right? I mean, there are a lot of differences between countries as well when it comes to optometry. I know that at Oh, here's one of my favorites. <laughs> Claudia, hello. I think it would be nice to see what optometrists and orthoptists do in each country because there are a lot of differences. I was a little bit confused when I did my training in Germany because the roles and duties were very much different between Morocco and, um, and Germany. Hello, Claudia. Hi, dear. <laughs> I think this is the first time I see you here. Hello, Anas. We are doing a pre-iftar live for once. And you can see how desperately I need coffee. I don't know about you guys. But we're fasting here and we still have three hours to break the fast. So that was the only time that worked for Dr. Julia. Hi, Dr. Kailani. How are you? Great. I see people from ophthalmology, optometrists. It's very nice. You guys, if you have suggestions for questions or things you want to learn, let me know. Hello, Hiba. You are a first-year what? First-year residency or first-year med school? Let me know. <laughs> I feel like the crowd from this time of the day is very different than from after when we have iftar. Hello, it's okay now. Oh, first year med school, great. What kind of advice do you need? I think at your stage, it's more about studying and staying motivated, keeping track. 
their classes, right? I would say the number one advice is organize your time, honestly. I was always the worst at that and I learned it the hard way. <laughs> so always organize your time. Honestly, just write down everything you want to do in the next day and you'll be doing it because crossing off something crossing something off the list always works this is the tired crowd from fasting another four hours to go yeah it's three hours for us here and dr julia is here so let's get her on the live i am so curious to in Italy. I don't know about you guys, but all of this came out of my curiosity. <laughs> so this is usually the little chit chats that I have with people in DMs that we are having here on Instagram lives, basically. Hello. Hi, Julia. Great. How are you? Good. So nice to see you, finally. So nice to see you, too. I am so excited about our discussion and learning about Italy and about you. Can you hear me? I feel like there is a problem with the uh, coverage. Can you hear me now? Is it all good? You're breaking up. Uh, yeah, I do now. It's kind of break. Yeah. Oh. You. Now I I hear you. How about now? Perfect. I can hear you too. Um. I can hear you, but I cannot see you. <laughs> it's okay, those things happen all the time. Do you guys see us? Do you guys see both of us or not? Oh, yeah? How about now? Is it any better? I think it is. It looks perfect. Better. Okay. Yes, I can see you now I'm here. <laughs> it's so great <laughs> to see you here. Awesome. So as I was saying, this is a little chat where we're going to get to know you and where we're going to get to learn about medical school and ophthalmology in Italy. I hope this will work <laughs> with our network. So would you like to start by introducing yourself, Julia? I'm a doctor from Italy and I'm an ophthalmologist from Italy. And right now I, I'm based in LA uh, for my fellowship. Uh, so I'm doing my fellowship in Retina um, at the Eye Institute, and we'll see what's next. So, <laughs> exciting! This is all very yeah, exciting. I, yeah. So um, 
I'm very excited for whatever I'm doing because, um, well, coming to U.S. Um, it meant a lot for me because I had the opportunity to get to learn like a completely different word, like either like medicine word and or like you know uh, just cultural. Uh, mm -hmm. just the culture, a different culture, a different people, a different way to think. So uh, it made me grow a lot. Like um, it made me mature a lot because whenever like you jump out of your box or you know your daily routine, um, there is always yeah. so much to learn. So I was so happy that you were having this series, like talking to doctors. <laughs> from all over the world because um, the cool part of medicine is that it's pretty much the same all, all over the world, but the culture is completely different. And it's so cool that, you know, like we are coming from completely different background, but we, at the end of the day, we have the same goals. So yeah, exactly. you inspired me so much and that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad you like it. It's honestly just, I'm always very curious to know, as you said, we all have the same goal, but the paths are so very much different and so rich and every story yeah. is it's inspiring in its own. And so like people like you, you did your training in Italy and I were doing your fellowship in, you, in the US. It must be so enriching both on a personal and a professional level. And I cannot wait to learn more. So what I do usually is I go all the way back to med school and then we build up from there until where you are right now. So could you tell us how people access medical school in Italy? So uh, you were breaking for a second. Can no worries. <laughs> I, I was just saying that usually what we do is that we start talking about access to medical school after high school and then we talk uh, we build up from there until we get to where you are right now. So he just was asking, how is access to medical school in Italy? So at the time I, I applied for, um, at the time I applied for med school, uh, it was slightly different because you were supposed to pick a school. So basically you were supposed just to, to say, I don't know, I want to get into this specific med school and you just apply and show up that day to take a test and a certain number of people were accepted in, in the school. Um, there, it's slightly different compared like to US. Um, it's not based on CV or <laughs> anything. It's just based on the test, uh, which can be challenging sometimes because you're coming straight from high school. High school. Really don't know anything. <laughs> It's the same here. <laughs> oh, okay. It's very similar. I think the culture, like our culture is very similar in many things, in many yeah. aspects. Mediterranean. So, <laughs> yeah. Like the positive thing is now there is a national test. So you don't have actually to pick a school. You just take the test and you will see like in relation where you place yourself, you can you can choose a school in relation to the, you know, availability at that moment. Okay, so it's probably based on some ranking? Yeah, it's like a ranking, but based on the tasks that you take. Um, it's a national uh, task, so um, mm -hmm. everybody is taking it, the task uh, in a specific day. Mm -hmm. um, and in relation to the uh, how you rank, 
among you know all the other Italian students, you will get a spot. There is a separate um, ranking system for internationals. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is interested to <laughs> to apply from to med school in Italy, it is possible it's a different ranking system, of course, because you know um, Italian is not their first language. And yeah. I remember when I was in med school, there were so many internationals in my school in my med school, and that was like a positive thing because we were able to you know. Uh, to cooperate, to learn from each other. And again, like we had all like different backgrounds and that was very cool. Yeah. Another thing is um, in some schools in Italy, for example, in some of the med schools, you can apply for this kind of international med school program that doesn't follow the um, Italian system, but uh, it follows the American system. So everything is like in English and the, uh, um, duration of med school is also different like it, it, it's basically like doing med school here um, and you're supposed to take the steps and everything while for the Italian system we don't we are not like uh, um, required to take the USMLE steps so of course okay and is that available at all medical school or is it only at no, certain just like it's just starting and I mean it started like actually a few years ago um, it is available only in some elective medical schools, mm -hmm. but for whoever is thinking to go abroad, um, in the, in, I think it's a good opportunity. All right. So it's based uh, on what people want to do following medical school, probably. And uh, would that be a completely different system or are those people studying at the same medical school as the other ones who are following the regular med school well it's the same medical school but the program the curriculum is completely different because um it is based on to, um, the u.s program which is uh, slightly different from the uh, italian program and the length of the course is different as well because in italy we have six years of medical school and the first three years they're like uh, more similar to the uh, college, the bachelor in science, let's say. Okay, the first that's basic years, science. They are like theoretical, like, you know, like pre-med. And then we have three mm -hmm. years with all the rotations while in... So if you do the international pathway, basically it's like four years and you do... Um, I, I guess the pre-med like a little bit condensed and then the following two years mm -hmm. and everything and the other thing is everything is in English so the school is the same but the teachers sometimes can change um, and you're required to study in English um, while yeah. in the regular med school it's like in Italian like you know um, well I think it's great to have that option in, in, in your country it's, it's very yeah, good I mean, yes, absolutely what would you yeah, say? It wasn't that... active when I was in school, so um, it wasn't relatively new. For me. No, like I always wanted to um, to go abroad, always. <laughs> um, but then I got in med school and I liked it so much, so I just stayed in Italy. <laughs> but I think I would have liked that option a lot. Yeah, well, it's really great to have it. So you talked about having international students. What would you say is the most nationality um, 
of internationals that you would see in an Italian med school? Uh, we would see a lot of uh, people from Greece and Turkey, East Europe. Yeah. Okay. So you said Turkey and Greece, right? Yeah, Greece and um, I'm just moving that. I want to turn back around. Sorry. <laughs> no uh, problem. Oh, wait. Um, just a second. Uh, oops. I think that was by mistake. Let's get her back here. That's so cool how they can study the English system in Italy. Uh, I'm sorry, the American system. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Also, another thing I noticed that a lot of European med schools have six years, whereas in Morocco, we have seven years. I believe also in Algeria, it's only six years. I'm back. Hello. Hi. Hi, uh, my, my phone was dying. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> sorry. So I'm back. At all. So, so you said you see a lot of Turkish and Greek people, right? Amongst the internationals. Yeah, pretty much those. Um, we have a program actually in, in Europe in general that you can attend one year of med school abroad. So, like, you know. Is that the Erasmus? One year. What? Is that the Erasmus? Erasmus? Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> we had it? some European people before you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is pretty cool because um, you can just go abroad for a year from to Spain, France, Switzerland, those yeah. places. It's always an interaction yeah. experience, right? It's always great to have an uh, international experience within yeah. med school, especially that those are really long studies. And is med school uh, paid in Italy or is it for free? Uh, no, it's uh, it's for free. Oh, great. I mean, like you pay, well, actually, um, uh, you pay taxes, but uh -huh. um, it's uh, it's just, you know, not as much as in, in your ass. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, there are some private med schools that uh, you have to pay for, but uh, it's not as much. Okay. In your ass. It's the and same I'm reading the US is eight years. I know it's eight years, but you know, yeah, it's like the four three years mad of... and Exactly. Uh, and it's also very expensive, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're very lucky to have almost free med school in our countries. In Morocco as well. Yeah, it's, it's almost free. free. Yeah. And it's seven yeah. years. Good. So when you guys finish the six years, do you have to present a thesis or take an exam or how do you actually graduate to become a medical doctor? So, so first of all, you have to finish all the exams uh -huh. in the school. Like we have, like when I was in med school, I, I had like 32 so exams, mm -hmm. but they're like, um, they're not like uh, multiple choices exams. <laughs> they're like sometimes very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> they're like oral exams mm -hmm. and written usually written exams at the beginning 
and then if you pass the read uh, the written test, you take the oral test. But the oral test is is like it's challenging because you don't have a program usually. Uh huh. And so it could be any. Yeah, I mean, you have a broad program that, you know, it's uh -huh. like, you don't know. And especially when I was in med school, I had most of my teachers, like very old teachers. Mm -hmm. So they were like old school. And they would ask like impossible things. Like that, uh, it was very hard for you to know those things, like, you know. Like based mm -hmm. on experience or like history of medicine that sometimes like you know it's like oh i didn't i studied so much i didn't study that and yeah. you had to go to like many at, at one exam you had to go to multiple like teachers and mm, you to pass. pass but do you yeah, guys have the oral exams every year in med school or only towards the end no it's for each exam for each exam, you have one oral exam. Wow. And, yeah. So for each oral exam, you have to go through multiple teachers. But mm. the other thing is they give you a grade. And uh, uh, you usually want to have a high grade because um, the grade that we, you will be obtaining at the end of med school it is important to get into um, residency. Okay. So you want to have the grades were going from 18 to 30. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you were doing very good, you can get a lot of, um, but you want to stay like over 28. Um, so in Italy, you had the possibility to say, no, I don't like the grade. I want to come back. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're aiming for a higher score, for a better or more competitive residency, you can yeah. go and take the exam again. Okay. But at your own risk, because usually teachers don't like that. Mm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's, it changes per person by person and it's based on your experience um, yeah if you want to risk it you can go back but it's not sure that you will get a higher grade because it's not like they're gonna ask you questions that uh they talked during class no mm -hmm. it's like um, our classes uh we ha we used to have classes every day for a semester and then for six months and then after those six months, we would be able to take those exams. But uh, like the hours of frontal le uh, lectures were like smaller compared to the, you know, amount of uh, mm. program that they were supposed to cover. So most of the things were not discussed in class. And you had to study them on your own. And so that makes it yeah, really correct. tough when you have to cover. And on books, like, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, in my med school, we didn't, I mean, personally, me uh, and my closest friends, we studied everything from books. Yeah. And that was very challenging because, you know, when you study from a book, you don't know what's most important. So um, it takes more time to develop a critical way to think. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely. You know. I, I, I went through the same experience in certain years through medical school where I really 
did not feel like I learned a lot from the classes and we had the option to, to not attend. So for certain classes, I would not attend but study on my own, which I have always found very challenging and difficult. So I totally feel you on that one. Uh, yeah. But there is a thing about Moroccan medical school is that when we graduate after the seven years, we have to make a thesis. Present yeah, a thesis. Yeah, we do too. You guys do that as well? Yeah. So, so after... what's important is the grades of the exams plus the thesis to obtain the medical doctor degree, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. So you just present the thesis the day that you're graduate graduating. Um, and in relation to your thesis, your presentation that day, and um, the, the grades you got during those six years, they will give you a final grade. That All right. And it is important for like residency. Nice. And then you celebrate and then you're a doctor. It's a big party. And yeah. And then you have for the license, you have to take another exam, but it's kind of easy. Like, um, I mean, uh, e easy. Like it's just one multiple choices exam that mm. you take in one single day. So, and you got the license at that point, you can practice. All right, so you can practice after six years plus the license as a general yeah. practitioner, right? Okay, that's one thing we also have in common because in certain countries, uh, family medicine is a residency itself, uh, right? Yeah, now uh, there is a residency for family medicine. It's like three years. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of separate from the general match for the other like residencies, but you still have to... Um, to 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 get into the program you know um the other thing is um you can still i mean you can still work as doctor for example in emergency okay the, can you like uh, open your own practice with the medical degree mm, well this yes or not you know um you can practice medicine theoretically but in order to open a practice, you should have a, like, you know, a residency degree. But if you have your medical degree, you are still a doctor. So yeah. you are on risk, of course. So, so it's better to do it. Does, but... mm. The thing here is that general practitioners can actually open their practice and uh, uh, practice medicine with the, with the MD degree alone residency comes afterwards for people who choose to specialize in something so you said that the grades at the end of med school are really important for access to residency so is that the only thing that matters or is there another step towards residency like an exam or an interview yeah, there is an exam as well as uh, it's similar to the exam for like med school okay is it also a national exam yeah now it's it is national like uh, a few years ago was until few years ago maybe six seven years ago was like non-national so you had to pick like a school and apply mm -hmm. for that so it was a little bit more challenging yeah now it's national and it's for all residences actually so basically when you apply you choose um you basically rank all the schools and all the specialties you, you want you would like to to get into and mm -hmm. then uh, automatically, like it's like software based, they will uh, rank you in this big ranking system. I'll let in you know where you can go. <laughs> it's 
completely complex, but in relation to your scores and your choices that will match you, it's like a matching system, basically. Mm -hmm. But um, you is it the same to... exam for both surgical and medical specialties? Yeah, it is the same for. Well, actually, it's slightly different. If you apply to a med versus a surgical specialties, you have certain quizzes are different certain mm. questions are slightly different but uh you can apply at the same time to med and surgical like for example. and if you do that do you have to take two different exams or just one no, it's the or... same day it's national oh. the same day the city where you are gonna take the task is gonna be the city where you your residence is in so even if you go to school in one city, but your official residence is in a different city, you have to go back there. All right. For season, I think. So did like... you have to move from medical school to residency? Or did you stay yeah, in the same place? I actually had to move. Like, um, to. I did my med school in Bologna. I don't know if you're familiar. I have. I have a friend who lives in Bologna. Oh, yeah. His name is I Salvatore. <laughs> oh, that's Italian. <laughs> yes, it is. He's Italian. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, I loved my med school and I loved my experience there because it wasn't a private med school. So, mm -hmm. you know, the my, my classroom, like, my classmates were so many, like, and um, it was very challenging. So I liked that part a lot. Because I think that at the end of the med school, I got the chance to mature so much more compared, like, you know, if you go to a small med school where everything is maybe easier. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I did my residency in Milan, so oh, not was bad. <laughs> I was lucky. Um, and I got in a very nice um uh, ophthalmology residency program in a city and, that is on the bucket list of almost everyone <laughs> yeah i know right that's really yeah. awesome yeah so um, yeah i was lucky for many things because i was in a beautiful city and everything uh, milan is kind of a, that city where everything is happening <laughs> so it, it's very nice full of stimulus um, my residency program was very, very nice and um, mm -hmm. basically was, um, uh, it is, um, it was structured in a slightly different way from many other programs. Okay. Because um, we had rotations, but each rotation was um, basically you would rotate into a subspecialty um department I would say so and we had the possibility in one single like program to mm -hmm. see every single aspect of um, uh, ophthalmology and how long are is the ophthalmology residency in I did five years <laughs> is it different from a place to the other no uh, it was five years now uh, it is four years <laughs> five Ooh, years okay. is kind of long time <laughs> yeah that's what we do here Oh, okay. I know. I'm talking about. I didn't know that <laughs> it was very long and four years. Yeah. I think it's good. it's good enough. Yeah. Um, it is. How Italy, competitive would you say is ophthalmology amongst the other residencies in Italy? Um, like how much is requested? No, I mean, like how? Like, is it highly competitive? Like, yeah, it is highly it? competitive. 
Mm. Um, I would say so. I think not as much as here. Um, sorry, in, as the United States. Mm-hmm. Because once you get in, um, in ophthalmology, um, you know, like, um, you, basically, economically talking, you can make maybe, you know, good amount of money, but um, there is not such a big difference among other, you know, residences. Oh, and especially, Italy, okay. many people want to do, like, you know, internal medicine, like cardiology. <laughs> it was the most popular probably when I was in med school. Okay. Because you feel like real doctor. And I don't blame That's them. That's your mouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So ophthalmology is like challenging because if you want to do ophthalmology, the, the people who want to become an, an eye doctor, they are very competitive. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like dermatology. It's like I want to do just that because it's kind of different from everything else. So yeah, it's like I you want to do it. You know, you know what I mean? I yeah. really want to do it and I really want to find a way to like to get there. So Yeah. So uh, good for you that you got it then. And for the rest of us who are in ophthalmology as well, I truly believe it is the best specialty of all. And <laughs> I can debate over that for, for hours and hours. And uh, so you guys have five years of residency. And as you said, you were lucky to have a residency in which you went through different rotations. Is it mandatory in all uh, residency programs everywhere? Or is it only because you got lucky to be in such a great program and a diverse program? Well, each hospital is a slightly little different. Uh -huh. So um, in my hospital, it was like the, the ophthalmology department was pretty large. So they had um, even like a subspecialty that maybe other hospitals don't have at that level. Um, and also the, partic the particular thing is in Italy, it's very common that if you are an eye doctor and you work in a hospital, you do, uh, as attending, you rotate. So basically one day you do cataract, one day you do glaucoma, you, you know. Okay. As attending. So you're not subspecific. Uh, like, uh, that hospital was more similar to us where like, um, specialists, and attendings doing retina, they were doing retina, only retina. Mm -hmm. So um, everybody would, sub, would specialize in the, uh, their yeah, subject. Correct. Um, and that was very cool because you got the most from them yeah. since it was their main expertise. And yeah. also it was cool because um, that way you were able to, uh, they, they would like receive like hard, hard cases, like second, second opinion. So, um challenging cases that maybe in a um, uh like you know uh you you wouldn't see it elsewhere but and it was very good like um learning experience that's me. great and how were you guys evaluated did you guys have exams at each rotation or at the end of the year how did it work uh, we, at the end of the year every year we had an exam just it, it was an oral exam mm -hmm. um that was the only exam we had. And at the end of the residency, we had like a thesis as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's it. With another exam or no exam at the end? Uh, well, it's, well, you have an exam each year. So even after the fifth year, we had an exam. And after that, we had the discussion of a thesis. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but during the thesis, you just present like your, you know, research project you have been working on, and that's it. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you a fun fact that we learned from Dr. Ayla from Bosnia and Herzegovina. She told us that at the end of residency, um, the residents could can have in certain places a surgical exam where they go and they would uh, have a surgical procedure like such as cataract or strabismus or something. And then they are evaluated upon that um, that surgery. Plus, of course, the written and oral exam. You guys oh, have something like cool. that? Yeah. yeah, it was the like first time we heard about something like that. During, I don't know if you heard from anyone else from Italy, but um, surgical practice uh, in uh, during residence in Italy, mm-hmm. it's very, it's something, it's kind of a taboo. Like, uh, it, it's hard to get. You yeah. Get so many you guys places. are not alone. <laughs> oh, okay. We well, just I'm had Florence because... from Switzerland. They have almost zero. Um, oh, yeah. That's to the case. <laughs> and it it's very sad, I think. I think over time it is, it is improving. Mm-hmm. But still, we don't get as much um, practice, surgical practice as others. Yeah. Like, but do you guys at least go to the OR to attend surgeries or just... Yeah, to... we go there, but, you know, they learn, uh, the learning curve is very slow. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like if you do a rotation, four months rotation, and you go in the OR, like, once a week, like, by the time you watch, it's the end of the rotation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> Plus, you don't have, you don't get to practice anything. That gets a little bit frustrating, especially that when you go into ophthalmology. I believe for most people, they go mostly for the surgical part, and yeah. uh, it is really frustrating in a lot of places. Um, I think it's nice when we learned from we had Dr. Reza from the U.S. who told us that they had a minimum required number of cataract surgeries, eighty something. I think that's great. People have to perform a certain number of surgeries before they finish, so like their attendants have to teach them, etc. Whereas in places such as where you are, where I am too, it's completely depending on where you are, the people that you are with. Some people could do yeah. tons of surgeries. Some people could do none, zero. So. I don't know. I feel like the surgical uh, teaching and learning needs to be more organized and like it needs to have some kind of curriculum or um, I like the idea of logbooks in certain countries where residents have a certain number of every single procedure that they have to log by the end of their residency. Did you guys have something like that? Maybe for the clinical part, if you didn't do any surgeries? Well, uh, not really. Um, I mean, you could do surgery, but the thing is, you were supposed to, like, choose surgery as your main, like, interest. So, Mm -hmm. you should should have gone to um, the UR, like, you know, like, more than once a week, and you should, like, just show a very great interest Mm. into doing surgery. And also, you had to pick, like, you know, a field, either, like, retina glaucoma or like cataract surgery but the learning curve was very slow so you know what would the average number of cataract surgeries a residence would have done by the end of the five years 
it depends if you go into cataract like if you decide i want to be a cataract surgeon and he, after your clinical rotation you always go every day there probably you get a good amount of cataract surgery but if you only do your rotation it's like like mm. fair the name number if there is a number it's gonna yeah. be fair but you know that that's the way it is so um, i even if i didn't do much surgery i love i it. love what atanas just said we need ophthalmology surgical training 2.0 all, all over the world <laughs> yeah. atanas is a friend of mine from bulgaria and I think the most thing that we are passionate about and that we have in common is surgical training. <laughs> yeah. And we meet or talk, we talk about this, we're very passionate about it. And so talking to a lot of people from different countries, we're just realizing how it's not just in our countries. I always thought it was only Morocco. He always thought it was only Bulgaria. But it looks like it is everywhere. <laughs> Another yeah, fun question that I always ask, are you guys paid as residents in ophthalmology or not? Yeah, we actually were paid and um, not very much. Um, <laughs> it means just, you know, if it's not possible to sustain a normal life with whatever they give to you. Yeah. Like salary. And, but Italy is kind of different because I was talking to my friend from Germany and he's like... Oh, Sadi is from Germany. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> And he was telling me, he was, like, uh, shocked how much we were paid in Italy. It's like, you cannot even, like, rent a house or something. Can you uh, give us a number? Because we like numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, Ferman correctly was, like, so not more than 25000 a year when I was in residency. Um, uh, which is per month... Which is I'm uh, fasting. I can't do my math. Month is like two, <laughs> two thousand something. Oh, honey, that's great. We are paid three hundred to eight hundred here <laughs> euros. But I actually don't remember exactly. It was something more like um, less than two thousand per month. So I, mm. I think that mostly was going into taxes. So oh yeah, yeah, eighteen hundred or something. Mm. But um, the downside of this, because a few years before I got into residency, residents were not paid. Oh, so, so this is an upgrade, actually. Yeah, so all my attendings were not paid during residency. And, like, you know, there is always a downside that yeah. is, oh, you are also paid. You should do everything. You should do this, 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 this. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh. Only because uh, the ones before you were not, so you were supposed to be doing more. Well, yeah, like, um, not like rarely I heard like someone saying, Hey guys, you are also paid, and I'm, I'm teaching you, you know, um, all those things. And I'm super grateful for whatever I learned in, you know, during residency, so I was happy with that. Uh, but if I like, you know, now I'm here in the U.S. and, you know, they get to learn so much more and probably they get paid so much more too. So um, it's kind of like, you know, I accepted so much during residency while like it was normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when it's the same 
think for everyone around you, you cannot complain, right? Especially when there are many people that came before you and were paid the same thing. Even worse in your case, when people were not paid anything at all. Oh, so you yeah, can't really be complaining. Yeah, I'm grateful because it's hard to get into, you know, to residency. Uh, and it's just so challenging and having a residency, it's so great and um, exactly i mean you know even happy. talking about such things it's it's always been a taboo for me even with my colleagues we're like oh no we're doctors we shouldn't be talking about being paid and salaries and this and that but we cut through this taboo a little bit and we're just talking about it now just out of curiosity you know and we're yeah. just like our friend Lawrence from Switzerland told us that residents are paid something between 6,000 to 8,000 euros a month. And I told him, dude, my heart hurts right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's really cool to just know these yeah. things. And, um, you know, maybe someday things will get better because at the end of the day, we are working. But there are other things, of course, that are being um, calculated to come up with a number. So anyways, we talked about the surgery and salary. I am also always curious to know um, how much are you guys involved in research during residency? Do you even have to or not at all? So that is another like taboo topic because it depends. It depends from your attendance. Let's break them all taboos today. <laughs> so it's like you don't have to but you should, but you cannot do research by yourself. So your attendings, your supervisors should be uh, into research, clinical research. We are talking about clinical research. Yeah. So I was lucky too to be in that school because there was mm, so much research. I used to, my main expertise when I was in residency was pediatric ophthalmology. So the research in pediatric ophthalmology is not so, um, you know, ex expanded as in retina, for example. But yeah. I did some things uh, just to get familiar to, with the clinical research that helped me a lot. Um, mm. So, yeah, if you wanted to, you had the possibility to do research. So that was great. But not everywhere you can do research. Mm. So. And it's not a requirement uh, to graduate it's from residency? It, it, it's not a requirement. Mm. It depends on your attendings and your, like, you know, goals. I see. Do you guys have yeah. the um, subspecialty? I mean, you said that attendants do not do their subspecialties only, but also everything else. Uh, but do you guys have fellowships in Italy? Like uh, places no, where you can go just to learn a subspecialty? No, nothing. For okay. So in the school I went to, we had subspecialties, but like most of the hospitals, like uh, attendings do everything. So um, when you are like, um, sometimes when you apply for a job, like a, in a certain hospital, you are required to do kind of everything. Like, you know, you have to know how to manage like everything. So, but now things are changing because the subspecialties are like taking place. So mm -hmm. that's fine. I don't know if ever they will develop fellowships program or not. But, you know, mm -hmm. we don't have a requirement at the moment. Would you say a lot of Italian doctors go abroad to subspecialize or do fellowships? Yeah. Well, I have to say that uh, most of my friends did. <laughs> like, um, 
they go to UK, they go to France and US. I would say those are like the three main places they go uh, to get like, you know, specialized in something. France and UK, maybe more because, you know, a UK has a different system, but it's not very hard to get into. You don't mm -hmm. have to be in like residency, but um, France is the same system, so you basically don't have to repeat anything. Um, U.S. is more challenging, but you can still do like an international fellowship that gives you a lot of expertise in um, in a short period of time. So, and is it a clinical fellowship when you do it as an international, or is it only? Um, a yeah, it is clinical, clinical and um, uh, clinical and research together. Awesome, and this is what you're doing right now, right? Yeah, so you dedicate most of the time in research, but you can still do clinical like a 20% of time, which like it was a perfect fit for me. And uh, I have to say I learned so much in a very short period of time. The amount of How long have you been there? Uh, so far, a little bit like almost two years. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, I liked, so I wanted to like, uh, expand my like research fellowship mm -hmm. so yeah that was great I mean it was great that I was given the opportunity to do this and I'm so happy oh good for you congratulations yeah. <laughs> it's always great to be exposed to um to, to research I just I mean I love it I love just new things and experimenting and making the calculations and the statistics and the literature reviews, I just find a lot of pleasure doing it. But there's also this clinical part that is missing. And so finding something that combines both yeah. must be just perfect. Uh, I can understand why you yeah, want to extend. So. Yeah, I like better the research part because we'll explain to you many like, um, you know, or many topics that and will solve many questions that you have during clinical practice. Um, and also, I, I did like five years of training, clinical training. So um, I think what I was missing was the research part. I really enjoy doing it at high level. Um, so it was a perfect fit for me. Awesome. Atanas is asking to tell us more about it. What, what else do you want to know? You guys just, you can actually write questions. I will just ask Julia here, who is so nice, giving us some of her time. And we'll answer your questions. I I wanted to ask you, Julia, do you guys take the EBO exams in Italy? Do you take the European Board of Ophthalmology exams? Well, it's not required. Like you can. I have many friends who did. Um, I actually didn't because um, I actually didn't have time <laughs> to do it. Mm. Um, even during residency, I spent a year abroad. So when I came back, I just... Where did you go? Uh, I went to LA again. <laughs> oh, nice! I, I did the like it was like a training in pediatric ophthalmology mm -hmm. uh, in LA. So when I came back, I I just finished. Um, I graduated from residency, and then I just you know you uh, went back. To, so Selma here is asking, else. how did you apply to your um, Retina Fellowship? Can you walk through uh, that? So the, like where I am, uh, they have at, um, at UCLA, Simon Eye Institute, they have an international Do you work with Simon Fong? Um, I don't. I know him, though. 
Yeah. yeah. He's such you know? a great guy. Yeah, he's so great. Um, it's like, uh, oh my Please God. Please let him know I say hi. <laughs> yeah, hi, Simon. <laughs> um, I, I talked to him because of his experience. So I wanted to learn more about his story and it was very open, helpful, inspiring, and empowering. Um, I don't work with him because I'm in retina. He does more like anterior segment, like uh, of pediatrics, right? Pediatrics, but yeah. he's like just a great person. Um, he connect me today. I usually mobile, which is like, uh, like it's a mobile. Um, they go with the car. Yeah, with the car going around and ser serving like underserved area uh, in LA. Now they stopped doing that, like just for the pandemia situation. But uh, that was great experience too because I feel like fulfilled uh, when I help people that are in need, basically. That's uh, really great. It must be really rewarding. So Adonis is asking, did you get any grant for the Retina Fellowship, and are you getting no. paid there? So that is the downside. Um, I didn't. I just wanted to do it like so bad that um, I did. Uh, I mean, I applied. Um, if you go in the website, there are like international like fellowships, but um, I didn't get any official grants. No. So you go to the UCLA website, right? And look for international fellowships in ophthalmology. I guess yeah. that would be the they first step to apply. Yeah. Uh, no, they don't. Uh, you don't need to. It's just international fellowship programs. That mm -hmm. I said, I, as I said, it's um, divided by subspecialties, mm -hmm. and um, you are called to do like eighty percent of clinical research and twenty percent of um, clinic. Yeah. What would you say is the most exciting thing you're working on right now in research? Well, I particularly like um, everything techy. <laughs> so um, I like the application of uh, retinal imaging in um, uh, ophthalmology, especially in retina. So I'm very excited for that part. And I'm, I'm happy to work on this kind of project. Um, yeah, I really like clinical research. I would never say that. Like during residency, I never said something like yeah, that. Yeah, because you have to experience it, right? Yeah, so, but now it's my favorite part, if I can be sincere. <laughs> and <laughs> it is great. That's awesome. So, uh, Julia, we have, there is a limit of one hour on Instagram live and there's one minute remaining. So I'm just going to end this live and start it over again. You guys come join okay. us again. Uh, for your questions, Atanas just put the website here for those of you who want to uh, copy. Atanas, could oh, you yeah. please join on the other live and write it again for the people who did not catch it? I'm just going to end it and then do it all over again. All right? Okay. See you in a minute. Thanks, Atanas.